Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Let's dive in then. You guys uh, have notes there, some blanks, follow along. I did post them on the page as well, so for you guys online, if you uh, could download those and follow along. But let's take a quick look at how Jesus prepared his disciples to walk with the same authority that he had, right? Um, he always put his disciples in situations they were not prepared for in order for them to experience his power, that's called a stretch. The deepest supply comes in the heaviest demand, right? Sometimes we have to experience a demand that weighs more than we think we can bear in order to understand how deep our supply is in God. And Peter had definitely experienced this with Jesus, but that's why Peter reacted with such confidence when the crippled man asked for money. Peter knew who his supply line was linked to, and that was the power of God. So let's take a moment and look at the lives of Peter and John before they walked with such authority and what changed in their lives to bring them such boldness after Jesus left. See, Peter and John were in business together when Jesus called them, right? Jesus promised them the Holy Spirit, which which was to come after he left. Acts 1 verse 8 gives us the pattern. He promised the disciples the Holy Spirit that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. They would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This thing was going to spread. But for God's purpose to spread, God's people must stretch. And Peter and John had been put to the test here. See, the Bible does something interesting. Instead of describing for us how the gospel went forth, it demonstrates how the gospel went forth. It doesn't just describe it, it actually demonstrates it. A a demonstration is usually better than a description. How many of us know that? A demonstration is better than a description. And I'll share a few examples. Your kids will do what you show them more than what you tell them. Speaking from experience, my son picks up all the good and all the bad from me. He picks that up. He picks up what I demonstrate a lot more accurately than what I describe. Another example is this. Instead of describing how much he loved us, God demonstrated how much he loved us. In John 3, verse 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only, his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. So on the cross, he demonstrated what he had declared, that he loves us, so much that he gave up his own life. So without a demonstration, a declaration is empty. Without a demonstration, a declaration is empty. It's like with your spouse. You can tell her you love her all the time, but if you don't demonstrate that and act that out day to day, eventually she's not going to believe that you love her. You have to demonstrate it. You have to show it. Actions speak a lot louder than words. Now, Peter and John had to put into practice the power they claimed to have received. They had an opportunity to demonstrate, and they're on their way to the temple when this opportunity presents itself. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Sounds like our 5.30 a.m. prayer service. 
As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. That's Acts 3, verses 1 to 2. So I want to break this text down into three points, and you have blanks for all of these, so take notes, make them your own, and then teach them to somebody else. Some of you guys are going to be teaching this at Joshua House this week, maybe Ruth and Naomi's, but make it your own. But these are the three that stood out to me. The first point in your blanks is partnership. It stands out that it says Peter and John. Now, some of us might just read right over that because that's common language in the Bible, but everything is in there for a reason. It says Peter and John went together. So who is on the other side of your and? Peter was a bold speaker. We know that from the Bible. He was bold. He wasn't shy to voice what he was thinking. He was defensive. Whereas John was strong, solid, more reliable. So when Jesus declared that all of them in the room would deny him, John didn't argue like all the rest of them, but instead he just rested his head on Jesus. You know, Yes, John was more laid back, but we have to remember that John was also the one who stayed at the cross when Jesus was hanging on the cross. So you have two completely different character types here going together, Peter and and John. So one is bold, the other one is steady, and they need each other. So they go out two by two. It's the power of the dynamic duo. And we do this all the time when we go and do outreach whether it's Joshua House or Ruth and Naomi's, we always say, take somebody with you. We don't do it alone. Go two by two. And that's how Jesus sent out his disciples as well, by the way. He sent them out two by two. So Peter and John needed each other. And I think it's cool that Peter and John chose to go up together because they were so different. But something about them knew that for their partnership to be effective, their differences had to remain intact. And their dynamic was in their differences. See, we need to quit fighting people to get them to be like us. Rather, we need to start learning from them what we can that we might not be able to see. They don't have to share our perspective to share our purpose. They don't have to share our perspective to share our purpose. We want the same things, but we all approach it in different ways. They were different, completely different. Imagine Peter and John hanging out. I could only imagine what kind of a ruckus that would have been. But the man at the gate also had partners. In verse 2, it says that every day someone would take this man who had been lame from birth to the beautiful gate at the temple. You see, he had an ugly condition, but he was sitting in a beautiful place. An ugly condition, but he was sitting in a beautiful place. His condition was pitiful. His condition was pitiful, but his position was beautiful. Sometimes we feel the same way at church. The junk we're dealing with, mixed with the joy of what we're a part of, can make you feel out of place. You come in and there's worship music and there's joy, but yet the stuff you came in with from the week is still weighing you down. And we tend to feel out of place, just like this man at the gate. So this man could be where other people were, but he couldn't go in and do what they did. He had to stay outside because of his condition. 
As Peter and John were walking by, it makes me wonder, had Peter not been there, would they have had the boldness to stop? But had John not been there, would they have had the compassion to stop? See, it took two. Maybe Peter would have been in a hurry to get where he was going, and maybe John would have been too timid. But together, they saw a miracle. Together, they saw a miracle. That's why the Bible says that if two of you will get together, or two or three, if we can bring together, if we can bring our differences together for a strength and for a purpose and for a destiny, we can accomplish some amazing things. Together, they saw something amazing. See, every day this man was put there to beg, and if he was put there, he must have had partners, somebody to transport him. See, we have people in our lives that are there to help, but they can only do so much. Is it possible that we have partners in our life that have taken us as far as they can? I'd say so. As much as I'm sure this man appreciated the partners he had, this man needed some new partners. See, at some point, we have to go from being determined to get help to being determined to get healing. We have to be determined. So Peter and John come along, and the man wants one thing, but he receives another. He expects to receive money, but instead he receives a miracle. He probably didn't wake up that morning expecting that. This happened when he found the right partners. See, there's something interesting here. John didn't seem to help at all. It says that Peter took the man's right hand, helped the man up, and the man was healed. John was the silent partner, but we need the silent partners. Right, Lewis? We need the silent partners. See, we have silent partners in our lives, those who work behind the scenes, those who have our back when we need them. Peter needed John just like you and I need each other. It wasn't that one was better than the other. They both played a huge part in what happened there that day. See, we have to realize that our relationship with God is also a partnership. God wants to expand his kingdom, so he's going to stretch our faith in order to do that. This was Peter's first time doing this on his own. See, he walked with Jesus. Now he's on his own, and what's his response going to be? He didn't have Jesus there to report back to. Peter had to stretch himself. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Verses three to six. See, for all of this man's life, his paralysis had been his authority telling him what he could and couldn't do and where he could and couldn't go. But Jesus had promised power when the Holy Spirit came. In fact, he said that all authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth, has been given to us. So when we connect our problems to his power and authority, things start to shift. There's power in the name of Jesus. We're going to sing that song in just a moment here. There's power in the name of Jesus. Without him, we can do nothing, but through Christ, we can do all things. So there's power in partnership, but there's also power in placement. You can't get the right partner if you're not in the right place. And that's my second point, is placement. 
Let's give the crippled man some credit here. Although he couldn't walk, at least he knew where to be. He didn't tell his buddies, hey, go drop me off at the bar. I'll just drink this away. Hmm? No quick fix. He says, put me in a place where people go for prayer. Take me to the church. Sometimes we come in pitiful conditions. But when you take the path of power, it's just a matter of time. Because at 3 p.m., Peter and John had an appointment to keep. What the man didn't know is that God had synced his calendar with Peter's power. The power of Jesus within Peter. If you will stay on the right path, God will do amazing things. This man had had some severe issues, but at least he located himself in the path of life. He said, if there's one place I can go, put me outside the church. In fact, most of the miracles in Acts happen outside of the church. Sunday is not the only time to glorify God. God works all week. We see that all the time. Did you know that half of the salvations that we've seen, half of them come from outreach and us going out? Baptisms, miracles. We see just as many out there as we do here. God works all week. Yeah, you can clap for that. It's not us. It's the power of God. I want to talk about how at the lowest point in his life, this man figured that the place he could go where he encountered the most generous people was the church. Of all the places he could have begged, he chose the church. Does our community think that way about us? See, we need to clear the path of all obstacles that drive people away from God. This man didn't earn his miracle. All he wanted was money. What he asked for. But God didn't look at his motivation to be at the gate. He healed him anyway. That's the God we serve. And the man didn't just get the strength to get through the rest of the day. He got the strength to endure the rest of his life. He got healed. He was looking for one kind of change, but he received another. He was looking for pocket change. He got life change. Third point is the price. Change will cost you something. The reality of the challenge will often get you in the way of your desire to change. The reality of the challenge will often get in the way of your desire to change. Have you made the decision that the progress is worth the price? For this man, everything changes because Peter and John gave up everything to follow Christ, to walk in his footsteps. This man got life change, not spare change. You can't get this change without paying the cost. In order for us to gain strength, we must stretch. In order for us to change, we must be willing to face the challenge. This man paid a price, the price of new beginnings. How do I walk? How do I adapt my life when all I've ever known is to sit and beg? But the man didn't sit still for long, did he? He started leaping and dancing and praising God. The people came running. They had to see what was going on. When you decide that you want to give up everything for Jesus, the things you thought were never possible all of a sudden become possible. The next verse, 
verse 11 is very interesting. Peter used this miracle to seize an opportunity to preach. I love that. I love the way Peter's mind works. He's like, this just happened. What am I going to do with this? What's the purpose for this? God must be doing something here. So he seizes this opportunity to preach. What do you do with your situations or the opportunities that God presents to you? Even the miracles that God does in your life. It says the people came running. But the amazing thing is in verse 11, it says they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. It says the man held on to Peter and John. Now, if the man had the ability to leap, why was he still holding on? And it says he held on tightly, but his mentality hadn't caught up with his reality yet. His mentality hadn't caught up with his reality. He was healed in his legs. He could walk, but his mentality hadn't been healed yet. He was still holding on tightly. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that just like us though? One day we lean, one day we leap. One day we lean, one day we leap. His feet were stronger than his mind. What are you leaning on that you don't need anymore? Might be a person, might be a substance, pessimism, negativity. It could be anything. See, it says in verse 7 that this man got instantly healed. And not only just healed, it says strengthened. I love that. Not just healed, strengthened. God will not only just heal you, but he will strengthen you at the same time. We all know that when you break an ankle, it takes time to heal. But after it's healed and you can use it again, it takes time to strengthen it to what it once was. And God will do just that for you. Not only will he heal you, he will strengthen you. When we receive Christ, it is a new beginning. And just like this man was healed and began, which tells us that this was a starting point for him, he began to leap and dance. We are also healed from our sins and transgressions and we begin our life of freedom in Jesus. Only Christ can make a new beginning in us where the old self dies and the new self arises. The hardest part is, can my attitude catch up with my new actual? Can my attitude catch up with my new actual? So this man is leaning on Peter and John, but Peter did not seem to mind. In fact, he used the man as a prop for his message. He could point to the man and say, look what God has done. See, God uses our weakness to display his power. And Peter realizes that this was a perfect opportunity to show people that God is the ultimate healer. That God is the one who deserves all the glory. All the man had to do was stay in position. Did you know that over 2,000 people joined the church that day? And maybe it wasn't Peter's preaching. Maybe it was because of this man the illustration of God's power that brought so many people to the Lord that day. I love that we're seeing it throughout the week. Every weekend here is people getting physically healed. And it's those testimonies that are going to produce faith in us. The people came running. They gathered. They didn't even have to send out invite cards. Literally, not saying invite cards are wrong, but this man receives healing jumps up and people came running and Peter's like, wow, what am I going to do with this crowd? Let's preach the gospel. 2000 people joined the church because of one man. See, when we receive healings and these testimonies, we need to share them so that we can build faith in other people because people are hurting. They're longing for what you guys have. They want healing. They want faith. And when we share that, it'll draw them in. 
it will draw them in. See, the man knew he could walk, but he didn't know where to go. So he kept hanging on to Peter and John. All he ever knew before was to lay down at the gate. But God had a bigger plan for him that day. See, is there someone in here who is leaning when you should be leaping? Who's still leaning when you should be leaping? God gives us a secret to be able to go from leaning to leaping in our faith and in our circumstances. All you got to do is grow in grace. All you have to do to grow in grace is hang out with the healer, the one who healed her. If you want to grow in grace, hang out with the one who healed you in the first place. Continue to surround yourself with the right people. See, that's God's growth plan. It says, walk with me, work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Just hang out with the healer and you will grow in grace. He'll show us how to love our enemies. He'll show us how to deal with the loss of a loved one. He will show us how to deal with our own insecurities. When we hang out with Jesus, we become more like him. When we hang out with the one who healed us, when we walk with him, things that once seemed impossible become possible. Your takeaway is God. Your, your takeaway today is give God your attention and he will always exceed your expectation. Give him your attention and he will always exceed your expectation. Above and beyond. See, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He took out all power of sin, sickness, disease, depression, whatever holds us back from the life of joy that God desires for us. And Paul says in Romans 10, 9, that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why don't you guys stand with me? We're going to sing power in the name of Jesus. But before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to actually receive Jesus in your life. If you've never uh, had an encounter with Jesus and you want to make him Lord of your life today, I'm good. Um, I want to give you that opportunity. Every service we do, we give an opportunity for salvation and for baptism. So right now, if uh, two of you guys could just lift the lid off of the stage, we're going to open it up for baptism. I'm going to walk us through a prayer of salvation because we see this all the time every sunday throughout the week we see people coming to jesus getting baptized and that's part of the great commission that is our mission as a church is the great commission to go out into all the world preaching the gospel and baptizing people in the name or the name of the father the son and the holy ghost so i want to give you that opportunity right now to receive jesus and uh so that you can face the impossible and make things possible with him inside of you he is the healer he is peace. He is everything that we are not. And I remember the day I gave my life to Jesus. And it's to this day, the best decision I ever made. So why don't you guys close your eyes, bow your head and respect your neighbor and just repeat this after me. Even if you've prayed this before, say, dear Jesus, I admit that I've messed up. I admit that I've sinned. Today, I need a healer. I need your peace and I need your power. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I welcome you into my life, into my heart. I believe that you rose, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. And today is a new day with you right here, right now. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. If that was you and you prayed that for the first time today, we want to celebrate with you. We want to give you a Bible. We want to worship with you. And if that was you and you rededicated your life today, just give me a thumbs up. You know, it says that every time a sinner repents and comes back, there's a party going on in heaven. Right now, there's a party going on in heaven. And we're going to continue to worship. And as soon as we're done, we're going to get ready for the next service. Why don't you guys join us now and let's sing power in the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.